The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. What's going on? Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And if you want to weigh in on what we're talking about, we'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321 to text into the program. 435-339-0321 to text into the program. And uh, we're covering a lot of different things today. The uh, NBA playoff uh, game last night. Uh, Will there be a game six or will this series be wrapped up on Friday and after game five? Looking at Major League Baseball playoffs, there were some games last night, a couple games on the schedule uh, later on tonight. I'd uh, see how these series are playing out. We've got a real battle going on right now between Oakland and uh, Houston. And uh, the Athletics were able to get out of the, that inning where they had, uh, where Houston had a couple of runners in scoring position, but the Athletics were able to get out of it without allowing any more runs. So as the A's still lead that one nine to seven right now, the top of the ninth. Um, but uh, one game was finished earlier today. Braves beat the Marlins two nothing, and later on tonight, Rays and Yankees, Padres and Dodgers. Uh, last night, Ajay, we were talking about uh, the playoffs before the end of the last hour um, with Major League Baseball. Last night, we, we talked about how the Rays, their bats came alive, four home runs. They are able to beat the Yankees 7-5. to five. Uh, But with the Dodgers and the Padres, um, this, the, the Dodgers took control and uh, held on to control much of that game and just made it look pretty easy for them in game one of that series. Dude, I'm telling you, it's just a machine. That Dodgers team is just a freaking machine. It is so incredible what they can do. Uh, and, and honestly, they can win a game any single way they want to. They can win it ugly. They can win it cute. Uh, you know, um, May had, what, well, he ended up getting the win. May did. Derek May in two innings. No one runs, three Ks, and no walks. Um, but... Uh, the pitching of Bueller in four innings, two hits, one run. That was Ernie at four walks, eight Ks. The four walks is really what got him in trouble. Um, he threw 95 pitches, but I mean, for the I mean, giving up only one run versus a very hot Padres offense, that's not too shabby, Eric. You'll take that any honestly any time of the day. Um, and it didn't help that Jace Tingler, their manager for the Padres, got ejected. Uh, there's just like this, this Dodgers team will just frustrate you to no end because they can beat you in every single way the game has possible. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, they're they're so deep, um, so, so such a well-rounded team. Uh, tonight's game two uh, in their series. Uh, and hey, Eric, can I ask you really quickly? What yeah. do you think has been the bigger, um, the bigger get for the offense, Corey Seager or Mookie Betts? Well, certainly Mookie Betts grabbed all the headlines, but uh, <laughs> I, that's a tough call because Seager's been just as just as good and, and impactful for the Dodgers. And that's the point I'm trying to get to is that everyone's talking about Mookie Betts because he's your leadoff guy. He comes from Boston. He was uh, 
Uh, I, I think he was the batting champ last year for the AL. I can't remember. Um, but he was at least in the running. I dang well know that. He's one of the best leadoff hitters, if not the best leadoff hitter in the game. But Corey Seager has been just as good, just as impactful, moving guys over. Uh, I mean, putting the ball in the right spot. Uh, he had that sacrifice fly to right. Um, and uh, I mean, and, you know, on that on that pitch. Uh, it, it's uh, that's hard to do with the pitch you had to take. I think it was a breaking pitch away or something in, and he ended up pushing it to right. He was able to score, uh, give enough time for the runner from third to score on a sack fly. But it's it's just how he takes approaches to pitches. It's his bad. Um, it's his approaches to the plate in a in a bat. It's just incredible. Corey Seager should be getting just as much, if not more, credit than Mookie Betts is getting. Um, and I, that, that's why I ask you. So great answer by you. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Seager, there was a moment in this game where it really, as we talked about, kind of came undone for um, for San Diego and, and uh, L.A. really kind of stretched things out there. Um, Mike Clevenger on the mound and uh, kind of he's kind of day to day now. They're just he's got some injury. They're not really disclosing what it is or or how he even got it. But uh, here's Mike Clevenger after the game talking about uh, how he felt something. On one of those pitches to uh, to Corey Seager. The second pitch to Seager uh, was a changeup, and if either is the you know knock on the back of my elbow or my uh, I really feel like I hit my front knee with my elbow, and I think that's when you know it started to come back. But it wasn't it wasn't as bad at all. I, I mean, obviously I was still out there 94, 95, still still throwing it well. It was just a uh, that's when it started to become a grind, and then uh, that's when I was just trying to get that inning over with so I can get into the, the tunnel and hopefully work on it and get back out there. Uh, now they are saying that he's day-to-day. Uh, they're going to keep. They're going to monitor him and see how he's doing, uh, but certainly he's a big part of, uh, of what they've been able to do. Uh, everybody talks about their, you know, their offense, but they've got, they've got a pretty good pitching staff there in San Diego, and they're going to need him. Yeah, the problem is is that their pitching staff gave up a lot of walks yesterday. Ten, which by the way matched Atlanta for the uh, for in 1997 for the most in a nine inning NLDS baseball game. Um, so and and you just you you can't let an offense like the Dodgers get ten free passes. Just can't absolutely cannot do that. Um, it's it's going to put you in a uh, a bad situation. It's going to put you in. In trouble where you're pretty much pitching from behind the whole entire way through. It adds up your patch, pitch count really quickly, and it'll also get you to the showers very early. Um, so, hopefully, the Padres can come out with some better pitching tonight. If not, Dodgers win this game. I think this series is over in three. Uh, well, so game two is tonight. Um, I I think this could be a pretty entertaining series. But the Dodgers certainly have the the firepower to put the Dodgers or put the the Padres out of this pretty quickly if they want to. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I hope you're right. I hope that this series does bring some kind of excitement, whether it's from just great defense and great pitching or just great offense all the way around. But I don't see it. I don't see the Dodgers as deep as they are in the bullpen and on the mound and as good as they are in the lineup, giving any sort of chance to the Padres in this series. Um, I mean, even even if the Dodgers are up you know, 2-0 and San Diego gets that next game, 
I still feel like it's a gentleman's sweep. Uh, in the, uh, the the athletics had an opportunity to put some more runs on the board. They weren't able to get anybody across the plate. So now it's the bottom oh. of the ninth, and uh, the A's still lead nine to seven. But the Astros have a chance to uh, try to get back into this game and uh, either extend the game or try to win it. So we'll keep an eye on that one as it continues to unfold. It's game three. Uh, Houston could sweep this thing if they're able to tack on a few more runs, or uh, it's going to be one at least one more game as the A's currently have a two-run lead in that one. And and Eric, with this with this series today, the Houston Astros are three of eight with runners in scoring position. The Oakland Athletics are one of six. With runners in scoring position, Davis is 0 of 3, uh, Kenaha is 0 of 1, Olsen 0 of 1, and Pinder's 1 of 1. So, I mean, Davis has had plenty of chances to extend this lead and just has not been able to do so. And on the other side, Brantley's 1 of 1, but Reddick, as you mentioned, struck out. Correa struck out, Diaz grounded out, and Bregman got a hit. Tucker also got a hit, and Gary L's 0 for 2. So they've had chances on both sides. Um, but boy, especially that last inning for Houston to leave men on with on uh, second and third and running in scored position and to strike out and uh, or me have a pop out and strike out just that kills you, kills you. Tomorrow at noon, it'll be the Braves and the Marlins game three, where the Marlins start to turn it on and even the series or try to to take back control of the series. Because they have not lost in the postseason. You, dude, I just, I can't wait for us to sweep them <laughs> so I don't ever have to hear that ever. They have not fact, lost the stat that the postseason <laughs> series. The stat that could blow your, that could blow your mind next Tuesday <laughs> is that the Marlins lost their first series in postseason franchise history. <laughs> hey, speaking of numbers and blowing your mind, so the A's have hit four home runs today, right? In postseason history, according to David Schofield, an ESPN senior writer, uh, in postseason history, teams that have hit four plus home runs in games are 65 and eight. Teams that have hit five home runs are seven and zero. Oh. The only team to hit six home runs, your 2015 one-year wonder Cubs in the NLDS, and they won that game too. That was that was a great team. That was a one-year team. One-year great- wonder. It was, a, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun while it lasted. <laughs> uh, also tomorrow at 1.30, it'll be the A's and Astros if uh, the A's survive today and hold on to their lead. Uh, and then in, later in the day, it'll be Rays and Yankees and Dodgers and Padres to close out the night. So um, still some pretty exciting games that will be played. Um, and uh, I know we're guaranteed three of those four. Uh, and if the uh, A's hold on and still hold the, and hold their lead here, we'll get all four of those games tomorrow. And, and yeah, don't watching you know baseball these games in different venues where they don't normally play? Are 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 you liking it so far in these pseudo Major League Baseball bubbles that they've created? Uh, that that are like what the games all day? Yeah, well, no, just how these games are being played right now, where they're yeah. not in their home stadiums. They're in different ballparks than their league normally would would play. Uh, do you like how it's playing out so far, or is it looking a little funny? Uh, it's different. I dude, I miss fans. I miss the fan, uh, especially in baseball games. Like when Reddick struck out with two men on, 
right? If if that's a uh, if that game's in, and I think it actually was in Oakland or no, I guess it would have been in Houston. But either you hear a strikeout and you hear the crowd just explode into a uh, uh, just an incredible rupture of cheers, or you hear this loud cheers as as Reddick is up to bat with two men on in scoring position and striking out, and then you hear him hush while the pitcher screams at the top of his lungs after getting a big strikeout. It just it's so much better with fans, and I miss that. I really, really miss that, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, watching it on TV. I mean, during a these games can be long. And you don't have those cutaways to see what the fans are doing, how they're dancing in their seats, or the the weird guy eating a hot dog in a weird way. He doesn't know everybody's looking at him. And uh, how does that fan in the outfield, you know, do acrobatics to try to catch that fly ball or that home run? You, you miss all of that fun stuff. But it's just on the game, yeah. just on the players, which is okay. I mean, at least they're playing. But you're right; it it it, it does lack that that fun side element of having these games. I think that's been true of the NBA as well. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I agree. The NBA, you know, you always have those big shots, and, and maybe the series is a little bit different with Miami having a crowd there to help them out, but, you know, it is what it is, and the players kind of have to deal with it. So uh, I hope we can get fans for some portion of college basketball Sorry, because we're definitely going to need it. I mean, we're going to, I mean, and I know it's not going to be a lot for the Spectrum. I know it's going to have to be very minimal because of, you know, it being an indoor and, and pretty close suited to each other. But, um, yeah, fans matter, especially in, in, in playoff games. You, you bring up uh, the NBA and transition to college basketball. I want to touch on something that uh, was pointed out to me. Um, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, again, this is mock draft. These are guys that are just playing because they have nothing else to do in Philadelphia because they have no basketball going on right now. They knew how they have their head coach determined. So you guys are just kind of messing around now. Uh, but, uh, they, in their second round, uh, have the, um, have the, the Sixers drafting Sam Merrill in their mock draft. And here's what they have to say about Sam Merrill. Again, this would be Sam Merrill to Philadelphia, according to NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, they call him the Luka Doncic of the Mountain West. The six foot five Merrill was one of the best scorers in college basketball, shooting 42% from the three-point line, 89% from the free-throw line in his four seasons at Utah State. He's already 24 years old, so there are legitimate questions about his NBA upside. He's also not an NBA-level athlete but he knows how to play to his strengths and limit his weaknesses. The shooting ability gives him a chance, which is all you're hoping for with the 58th pick in the draft. Sam Merrill to Philadelphia. Would you like that under Doc Rivers? No. And some of the other players that no, are on that No, that absolutely roster? not. You've already, got, you've already got issues with Embiid and, and, and Simmons, and Simmons can't hit the broad side of a barn when he's open. Um, and Embiid's an emotional roller coaster. Uh, I just don't know where he would fit. They've got this. They got a couple other guys who are already shooters on that team, um, that are that are there just to stand in the corner and shoot. Uh, JJ Redick used to be one of those guys, and now it's somebody else. I just and Matisse Thybulle's on there, and I mean I know he's more of a defensive purpose uh, guy, but he's becoming a very good offensive scorer uh, for how young he is. I just I don't know if that's if that's the right fit. I would worry that Sam would get kind of buried 
uh, on that roster. Um, yeah, without many opportunities to to play. I mean, they always had Tobias Harris. Let's not forget about him and his ability uh, to to create shots as well. So, um, so yeah, I don't know under Doc Rivers how he would fit under that type of a system. I don't know, uh, Doc. Uh, he usually has a, you know pretty good benches and, and deep benches and uses them. He's not a short rotation guy necessarily, but you know it's it's a whole new ball game in Philadelphia with different players and different animals there. So and how it it comes together, how he tries to use the talent that he has, whether he adjusts his style to what he has on the roster, or if he tries to adjust the roster to his style of coaching is still to be determined. Yeah, and this is a different roster than he's had before. Remind you, yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons is a different player than Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Jill Embiid is a different player than Paul George. Uh, this is this is a different fix. This is going to be probably Rivers' toughest gig since his early years of coaching on the Orlando Magic. Um, this is easily going to be his toughest gig, uh, and so it's uh, there's going to be a lot of questions and a, a lot of. Uh, you know, how do you handle, and, and free agency is also going to be another problem. I don't know how much money they have in the bank, but I don't think it's a whole lot. Uh, and so they're going to have to look for other ways to build their, uh, to build their roster. And I, I really like, just for Sam Merrill's sake, I pray to the heavens that he doesn't go to Philadelphia. Please. <laughs> San Antonio would be great. Houston would be wonderful, but not Philadelphia. I, I think as long as he gets in the NBA, I think that's a, that's a good thing where he ends up. Should be secondary. Good point. Uh, yeah. Well, no, wait, hold on. Not well. Okay, wait, hold on though. So wait, you're saying because Eric, as you mentioned, if he gets onto a basketball team and he ends up being one of those guys who is uh, is buried underneath the roster. I mean, come on, you and I aren't okay with that. We know the talent he has. We, I mean, we do we want him to make it to the NBA? Absolutely, but we want him to make it to the NBA and not wind up a. Jimmer for debt, not wind up as a bench, a deep, deep bench guy with very few minutes and no uh, and no reps and no experience. You want to go out there and be able to be productive right off the bat. Uh, and I honestly, I think, like I said, if he ends up on the right team, he can do just that. Now, earlier this summer, these same guys with NBC Sports uh, Philadelphia uh, praised Sam Merrill as a. Uh, they referred to him as a. Uh, a uh, where did it go? Cold-blooded shot maker in college basketball. Praised his shot-making ability uh, and uh, helping his teammates, finding open looks, finding open guys. Uh, not just a shooter. He's also an impressive passer. Uh, potential as a pick-and-roll ball handler. Uh, they do point out his age, which could be an issue in the NBA, uh, with uh, not having that kind of an upside with how many more positive or great years could he have at an NBA level. But here's what they said, his fit. They said that his situation would be best to join a contending team in need of an offensive spark plug off the bench. They said you may have to hide him on defense and you might end up unplayable on that end of the floor. Sixers have two early second-round picks and two more picks in the back half of the second round. If Merrill is still on the board at that point, he'd be worth the minimal risk because he's so skilled on an offensive end. thing is, he's not that bad defensively. I I don't know why they're yeah, saying even he's Tony like he's Jones. A, he's don't a you remember when we asked liability. him? 
Yeah, well, Sam Vecini, Tony Jones all criticize his defensive ability, too. Like, I don't know where they're getting this idea that he's a bad defensive player. I have no idea where that's coming from. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, but they're not watching the same game as you and I have been seeing. Yeah. Uh, I think Sam makes a, an NBA roster. I, I don't. I think that the NBA, the way that it's going right now, you're only as good as your weakest def- defender on the court. Um, because the way that teams are switching and attacking the weakest link, um, you if you can't defend or hold your own defensively, or at least make up for it in a significant way offensively, then you're not going to see the court. So, um, you know... Sam Merrill's ability to, to make a squad and to stay on a team and, and see minutes really will come down to how well does he defend at the NBA level. But you know, yeah, he's six no, foot five. He's not tiny. Uh, I think he he could. He, we've seen he's got good ball handling. He's got great shot making. Uh, he's I think he definitely is a guy that can find an NBA roster and and be on uh, on the team. He's going to be a bench player. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I don't think he's going to be a, a role player um, you know, with significant minutes, but I think he's a guy that can be on a team and, and could help for stretches. So, uh, And then who knows where that develops from there. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see the, the Sam Merrill as an NBA prospect. Yeah, me too. And I, I, just, and I just hope he fits in well. I hope things work out for him. He finds the right spot, the right team, the right place. Uh, with the right role, and uh, if that happens, he's going to be he's going to prosper just fine in the NBA. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, what went wrong Wednesday? What were some of our bad takes? What were some of the bad decisions that were made uh, that probably should have gone a different way? <laughs> Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, let's look back at some things that uh, some decisions that were made either in the field of play, during a game, coaching decisions our quotes that were made, and uh, what went wrong Wednesday. It's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. I'd love to get your takes on that as well. 435-339-0321 to text in what you think went wrong over this past week. We'll discuss next here on the Full Court Press. Coldwater Stone in Tremont and is under new ownership and is partnered with Castellite and Logan. With over 50 years of combined experience, they'll help you find the most stunning products for your home. Coldwater takes some of the most beautiful resources Earth has to offer, then shapes and blends them to help create your dream home. Natural stone at manufactured stone prices. Stop in at the Tremont facility or see samples at Castellite and Logan. Let us help you create your custom masterpiece. More information at coldwaterstone.com. Coldwater Stone, the natural choice for all of your stone needs. Hi, this is John Horton, General Manager at ARS. COVID-19 is a mess, but it doesn't have to be. We at ARS recognize your desire to take the best care of your workspace and home in order to protect your family, staff, and other building occupants. We have certified technicians that use leading industry processes, state-of-the-art equipment and technology, and cutting-edge products when disinfecting. We understand your needs and are ready to help. Remember, got a mess? Call ARS. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. 
Temperatures are beginning to drop, and the old grist mill has all your fall favorites ready to go. Traditional fall favorites that make everyone feel warm all over. Famous one-of-a-kind bread, zucchini, pumpkin chocolate chip, pumpkin spice, muffins for every taste, apple, cranberry, almond, blueberry, and more. The perfect lunch with the bread you love, delicious meat, veggies to your liking, a fresh-baked cookie, chips, and a drink. The Old Grist Mill has something for the entire family. Old Grist Mill, now in South Logan, Logan, and Smithville. The Old Grist Mill, here for you. Express Tire is now located at Express Auto. Express Tire is a full-service tire store selling new and used tires. Save hundreds on your next tire purchase with the option of new and used tires from Express Tire. Now located at Express Auto, 3200 North Main, North Logan. Express says yes. They're celebrating 30 years at the Logo Shop. They logo everything from pens and water bottles to travel bags and coolers. It's also the season to get your order in for the holidays. The Logo Shop will custom screen print or embroider your logo on shirts, jackets, and other outerwear. You can even browse their inventory and get price quote online at welogostuff.com. The Logo Shop. Logo Stuff. The Logo Shop. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, 1069thefan.com. And by the way, if you want to text into the program, 435-339-0321. And uh, let us know what went wrong this past week. Was it a bad take? Could have been a bad take by either Ajay or myself. Uh, was it a coaching decision? Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> What? You don't want us to open the door that we can't close? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, oh, fetch. This is how to be good. So, uh, anyway, those are things that we're, we can get through in our What Went Wrong Wednesday. Um, Ajay, I'm going to start it out with what went wrong with the Houston Texans. This is a franchise that's got a dynamic quarterback. They had great wide receivers. They've had a they had a good running back. They've had some great standout defensive players. They were a playoff team that had a twenty four to nothing lead over the eventual Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, it, it's been a series of mistakes by that organization since that playoff run, uh, and. Bill O'Brien was elevated to uh, the general manager after being a pretty decent head coach. But they elevated him to general manager. And then this past week, in addition to being the head coach and the general manager, he said, I'm going to also be your offensive coordinator. After starting 0-4, and there's an old saying, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um, it, it, it that's just a problem with somebody, one guy having too much control of a, of a team. That's why you have checks and balances. Uh, I think that it was maybe a little premature, only four games in for this guy. But at the same time, he had made some bad decisions 
that he was already losing the team. And there's a report that he and J.J. Watt got into a shouting match after, what was it, like week two, I believe it was, or right before week uh, game three. And uh, by a lot of the reports following that, suggesting that's when Bill O'Brien lost the team and the ownership just had to make the change. So what what went wrong with uh, with Houston um, and how that's they couldn't get one. that figured out? It's it's too bad. That's a gr- that's a great one right there, Eric. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the NFL. I'm gonna go to the NFC and go to the Dallas Cowboys. What went wrong with the Dallas Cowboys? The team that had so much uh, again, a lot of excitement coming from the Dallas area and from the NFC portion of the side where a loaded NFC was kind of waiting for the Cowboys. Instead, they faltered to 1-3 and three now. A bad loss to the Cleveland Browns where their defense gives up 165 yards to Baker Mayfield. They give up 49 points to the Browns. Uh, and offensively, they rely on Dak Prescott to throw the ball 58 times for 502 yards. Instead, I mean, when they got a running back like Ezekiel Elliott, who gets 12 carries for 54 yards. Like, where's the balance in that? And now Amari Cooper was great. He had 12 receptions for 134 yards. But again, it's about this team just uh, defensively they're bad. Offensively, they're unbalanced. And the loss to the uh, Rams, 20-17. to The loss to the Seahawks, 38-31, where he had to come all the way back down 15. Um, and they barely beat a bad Falcon squad, a really bad Falcon squad, well, by one, 40-39. That, oh, that victory is just because of a, a poorly executed onside kick. They were a poorly yeah. executed onside kick away from being 0 and 4. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And now you got to play a, a Giants team that's still trying to figure out their identity, especially with the loss of Saquon Barkley. They're kind of relying on Daniel Jones now, uh, but he hasn't been everything they were hoping for. Uh, a loss to the Giants over New York. Exactly. And so Mike McCarthy now going into New York Giants land. If they lose, or excuse me, uh, Giants going to Dallas. Right. So if they lose to the Giants, not only are you 1 in 5 or 1 in 4 on the season, but you also just lost to a, a, a Giants team without their best offensive player. Maybe the best player on the team is Saquon Barkley. Boy, Mike McCarthy could find his seat already starting to get warm if things don't shape up really quickly. They have a very, very extremely impatient man sitting above in those nice suites named Jerry Jones, who is more than happy to pull the trigger to move on if he needs to. That's a great one. Uh, I think for for Dallas, it's their, their offense is there. I mean, they've scored 40, 31, 38. I mean, most... Most weekends in the NFL, that's that's plenty to get you a win. But it's that defense yeah. that's just really not good. Um, and then my bad take Wednesday. People are going to talk a lot, and they are right. BYU's schedule is very porous right now, Eric. They have not played a legitimate good football team. G or Power 5 as of yet. That won't probably happen until they play Boise State and they get San Diego State at uh, the end of the season. But, boy, this Zach Wilson kid is so good. I mean, he's making all sorts of throws. You want him to roll to his left, uh, you know, on the run and make a throw on the dime to the sideline, done. He rolls to his right, throws a 25-yarder, all, you know, just all spiral on a frozen rope, 
caught, done. Uh, you want him to to sit in the pocket and wait patiently with good footwork and then make a throw that is, I mean, on the button uh, through two defenders, done. He just he does it in so many ways. He's he's incredibly smart. Uh, I remember watching him in the bowl game when they played Western Kentucky. I knew this kid had something special. Um, but, boy, I didn't see it coming like this. And, again, they haven't played anybody great. But I think, I honestly think that Zach Wilton, if they go on this season, Eric, if they go on this season and do not lose a game at all, he should be one of the four Heisman finalists going to New York City to have a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. Wow. Okay. If they go undefeated, he deserves that. He deserves to go to New York as not not just one of the final 30 finalists. No, one of the final finalists, what, four or five people, he deserves to be in that group, sitting there waiting to see if his name's going to be called. Wow. Seems a bit premature for me to, to start saying who should and shouldn't yet because we're only a few games in, but he has looked pretty good. I will give him that. He's been pretty solid. Is he a first-round quarterback? Uh, I think he's got one more year, doesn't he? Yes, he, he just, does have. Well, yeah, he has one more year. Yep. But would as of right now, do you think he's a first? Like Jordan loves a first round quarterback, according to the Green Bay Packers. Is Zach Wilson like that guy? Uh, oh boy, good question. Because you know, comparatively, Utah State had a really soft schedule that year. Jordan's uh, sophomore year that everybody looked at. Um, it was a more challenging schedule his junior year, but the uh, the the um, scouts still really liked what he was doing despite that. Zach Wilson, uh, comparatively, I don't know. Because this is going to be a really hard year, I think, to really compare. Because it's going to be such a soft schedule for BYU. Against some teams mm. that are unmotivated to play football. So I, I think that at the end of this year, some people are going to say, yeah, he's a he's a first-rounder, but it may do him well to come back another year. I don't know. Because so, who's going to be available? And what what's going to look like? Once we get the SEC is now starting, the Pac-12 is going to get going here in a, in a little while. I think the competition for attention is going to get a lot more crowded. Okay. Hey, I've got another right. um, What Went Wrong Wednesday. This one yeah. came from a, a press conference with Mike Leach. And oh, no. <laughs> this was near the end, and he calls for somebody. I don't know if it's an SID or it's an assistant coach or who, but they, bring, they hand him his phone, and he has – Something already queued up and ready to play, and he puts it into the microphone. Uh, we'll, we'll play it for you, and here's what he has to say. See, I'm going to get my grandkids one of these things so that they can... Uh... You know, my daughter and her husband, they need to hear this because I went through years of random noises and rambunctiousness and broken toys and, and broken glass. 
I will jump to Tyler Horka and that'll take. <laughs> just like random, just at the in the middle of a press conference. That uh, is so Mike Leach. Mike Leach, Mississippi State. He's I a, am so grateful. Like, he is look, a national as treasure. brutal as twenty, as brutal as twenty twenty has been to us. The fact that we get Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, and Nick Saban in the same conference is a blessing beyond understanding. <laughs> I, and unless, I don't think these unless guys, you're a media guy, you don't understand why. Yeah, I don't think these folks at Mississippi State quite understand how to handle him just yet. No, no, just not even close. Randomly Nuh-uh. in the middle. I mean, they're talking about player injuries and who's available, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, you got it? And all of a sudden this phone appears, and he's playing this. This random air raid siren. Just, okay. That's Mike Leach for you. Uh, but you know what? Besides that weird oddity in the press conference, what happened to their team this last week? As dominant as they were passing the ball uh, in, the, in their week one, they really struggled. and They lost to Arkansas, a, a team who hasn't won in their yeah. conference in like two and a half years. And, again, we go back to the offensive questions, right? How does a guy go from throwing for 632 yards to being limited to what he well, – what did he have last week? Oh, it was week? less than half know. of that. Less than half of that. Yeah, see, like, I don't know how that exactly happens. Um, but that's – yeah, that's bad. Uh, that's And that's on Mike Leach. That's on this offense, too. That's inconsistent at best. But uh, yeah, we'll KJ see if that – KJ Costello we'll, we'll threw which, for 313 yards. So, I mean, it's not horrible. I mean, we, we just think it's bad because he threw for 632 versus LSU, so you think he's going to be able to do, like, what, triple that versus Arkansas. Instead, he goes 332, and they score a whopping 14 points. Like, I just don't get it. On 59 passing attempts. Okay, well, that, yeah, he should have thrown for 500 yards then. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. 50. How is that guy's arm still attached? <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last for me from college football. Uh, what What is going wrong? Is the way I want to phrase this one. What is going wrong at Navy, at the Naval Academy? This just looks like a team that is uninterested in playing football in the COVID era. Um, they got totally demolished by BYU after admitting they didn't do any tackling drills in camp. Uh, and then they get blown up again by Air Force. And uh, the Navy just didn't look very interested in the in playing a game of football again, uh, so Ken Nui Matalolo. I mean, there's some. How much of pressure is to blame on this guy for not getting his team ready? Air Force is depleted. Like thirty guys uh, that normally are available on defense aren't there. They've had to readjust their rosters. Their first game of the season. Navy's had the benefit of playing a couple of games. And they just didn't seem interested in playing football. Yeah, and that's the thing is how many guys want to be out there playing football right now for Navy? You got to ask that question, right? Um, not only, and as you mentioned, not only do they get blown up by BYU, and maybe that was a transitor for the mood of this Navy football team that they get handled by BYU, they get embarrassed on national television in front of the nation's eyes because that was the only game that was on, um, and they did very little to prepare for that game, as you as you said. So, I mean, is it the players? Is it the coach? The fact that he set the tone by getting beat that badly by BYU? 
Or is, it, is there more to it? Is there kids that, that don't want to be on the football field right now that are worried about certain other things, maybe COVID-19 and such? Um, do they wish they didn't have to um, be in the situation where they have kind of an odd schedule? It really is what it is. It, you know, I, I'm not sure. But the loss to BYU, I can understand. Uh, the loss to... Air Force, I cannot, because as you mentioned, there was minus 30 guys, give or take, uh, and the fact that they weren't even there, and, and they just, they don't even show up for that game, again, on national television, that's, that's just, that's uh, unacceptable if you're Navy, and you're right, I wonder if Ken's kind of lost control of his team. Well, it's a, it's a weird year, and it's hard to know, you know, who's, who's interested and who's not, and who's going to be available, uh, and who's, whose heart is really into it or not, who disagrees with the idea of playing, but they have to anyway to keep their scholarship and keep their roster spot. Uh, it, it can be challenging for some of these coaches to try to navigate some of that and to figure out what's going on. Uh, by the way, speaking of managing rosters, did you see this uh, from, what was it, last night? Uh, Taryn uh, Adams? Uh, Taryn Adams. He was uh, – the uh, transfer from Utah from Arizona State was going to play defensive back for the Aggies, and uh, announced that he's going to transfer. He's not sticking around. Really? Yeah, Taron DeAndre is Adams he, uh, put out is, a, a. So does he put himself in the portal, or is he transferring to a certain school? Uh, he says he's putting himself into the portal. He was at oh, Arizona boy. State, committed to go to to transfer to Utah State. And has now put himself back into the portal to uh, transfer away. Oh boy! It, he oh, was going to be a really nice addition, I thought, in that secondary. Yeah, be a, a featured player in that secondary for USU. God, that one hurts. Where was he at before? Wasn't he at a P five school? Yeah, he was at Arizona State. Arizona State. Thank you. That sucks. Here is his uh, – he put this out last night. Actually, this was just after we got off the air yesterday. I first want to thank Coach Orfe and Coach Anderson for bringing me in to be a part of the Utah State football team and community. I'm very thankful for the opportunity that it was presented. But that being said, I have made the business decision to enter the transfer portal and explore other opportunities as a student athlete. I'm extremely thankful for Utah State and everyone who has supported me throughout the way. Business decision, huh? Huh. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, hmm. that's, that's what it is uh, these days. Must be a lot of money coming from Alabama. <laughs> or Texas Tech. <laughs> hey, uh, Piranha's texted in on my Bad Take Wednesday. He says, oh, Jay, stop drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Just stop. Heisman, YBU has played 10th few in Olympus High School quality teams. Please. <laughs> Piranha's, you are absolutely right. They have played absolutely nobody on their schedule. You're 110% right. But, man, he's looked good doing it. He honestly looked really good. And like I said, he, he can't lose a game. He has to win every single game to be in that discussion. Boise State and San Diego State included. If he can do that and have stellar games while doing it, man, that's going to be hard to ignore. It's going to be hard to ignore, Piranhas. All right. Uh, we're going to take another time out here in the Full Court Press. We'll give you an update on... Uh, what's going on with uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs underway right now and recap some of the games that have happened already today. Stay tuned, and we'd love to get your thoughts. 435-339-0321 on a 
What went wrong or bad take Wednesday here on the Full Court Press? This is Ryan at My Mattress. I had a friend text me the other day saying how happy he is that he bought a new mattress last month. He, like the rest of us, are spending a lot more time at home. You may even be listening to this radio ad on your mattress at home, even if it is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No judgment here. We're practicing all safe guidelines and we're open all day, every day but Sunday. The deals have never been better. More than ever, isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Only at My Mattress by the South Walmart. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. October is our anniversary month. We've been helping couples find the perfect rings for over a decade. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary dinner. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring shopping or anniversary shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have over 3,000 rings in stock, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached, no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Sweeto Burrito. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Sweeto is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Why buy from Daryl's? It's easy. You get a full two-year warranty on all scratch and dent appliances. Apply for interest-free financing. Plus, you always get Daryl's outstanding service with every appliance. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. The State of Utah's Wood Stove and Fireplace Changeout Program is back. Advanced Fireplace and Stove says let the government foot the bill. Up to $3,800 towards your new Heating Glow Gas Inserter Fireplace. Registration begins November 4th. This is the final changeout opportunity for 2020. Live in Idaho? We'll help you navigate that program, too. Replace yours with a Quadrifire Pellet or Wood Stove. Advanced Fireplace and Stove. Call us at 435-752-7272 or find us on Facebook or at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Well, I was driving across town when my car got down, started lurching and trying to die. Well, luckily there was a shop, and when it struggled to a stop, a nice fella met me right outside. I said, man, something's wrong. What the heck is going on? He said, I tell you this, I got no doubt. You just relax, and don't you worry. We can fix it in a hurry, because your car is what we're all about. At Cash Valley Auto Care, all the experts are under one roof. So if it's not running right, chances are we can fix it. Cash Valley Auto Care, behind Home Depot on 200 East 1175 North. The Riverwoods Conference Center is accepting reservations for holiday parties and events, inviting you to experience an elegant holiday atmosphere with the Riverwoods Conference Center's beautiful new renovation and holiday decor. And with catering from Elements, your special occasion can include delicious entrees and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. This year, the Spring Hill Suites is offering a low $79 rate when you schedule a holiday party at the Riverwoods so you can take the elevator home after your event. To schedule, call 750-5151 or Google Riverwoods Conference Center. This is Larry from Larry's Pharmacies. Got your flu shot yet? I recommend everyone six months and older get vaccinated. The flu is a serious disease that annually kills thousands and hospitalizes hundreds of thousands. Toddlers, young adults, and seniors are affected most. Protect yourself, those around you, and the whole valley by getting vaccinated today. Come in, no appointment necessary. Stop it in its tracks and don't pass it on. We even come to group gatherings. Thanks, Cash Valley, supporting us for 20 years. Stay well. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football, it's the Red River Showdown as Texas battles Oklahoma. Hi, I'm Drew Bonadelli. Join Kevin Ray, Chad Brown, and me for all the action as Spencer Rattler and the Sooners look to right the ship against Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns. 
Texas, Oklahoma from the Cotton Bowl. If it's NCAA football, it's right here. Saturday, beginning at 9.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us here on a Wednesday on the Full Court Press. Ajay in an undisclosed location where he will be sequestered for several weeks. Y'all, dude, I've got 13 days of this crap. That is brutal. Oh, gosh, dang it. Here's a little Van Halen to get you pumped up to help you through it all. Hey, this was on Rocky, right? That was on Rocky. Uh, Eye of the Tiger. This is, no, this isn't Eye of the Tiger. This is right now. Oh. Yeah, it sounds like someone would be on Rocky, though. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I remember <laughs> it more famously for uh, its a connection to a Pepsi commercial for some reason. Pepsi commercial? Yeah. I got I mean, I've got time. i got to YouTube that. <laughs> You've got time. You've got lots of time. Uh, hey, an update on Major League Baseball. Game has gone final between the Athletics and the Astros. Kind of a back-and-forth game a little bit. Uh, it was a game that um, started out uh, with some you know, runs early on in the first inning. It was 2-1 after 1, so a lot of offense early. Oakland continued to score runs, and then in the fifth inning, Houston poured it on, scoring five in the fifth. It looked like they had control, but then Oakland closes it out, scoring three runs in the seventh, two runs in the eighth, and they win the game 9-7, to seven, forcing a game three and uh, not allowing Houston to uh, to sweep. So uh, they stay alive. The A's stay alive in this series. Uh, another game is underway right now between the Rays and the Yankees and early offense in this one as well. Tampa on the board already, one nothing, and currently in the bottom of the second. Uh, later on tonight, Padres and the Dodgers, that's at 7 o'clock, just after 7, and it'll be on FS1, uh, Rays and Yankees, that game underway right now on TBS. I'll be straight up with you. The Rays have, and this is probably going to sound really obvious, but the Rays are going to have to score more than one run tonight if they want to even exist in, in, in tonight's game. Like it's 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 not going to take long for this team to be able to uh, um, to ramp up their uh, hitting and such and, and to catch fire. Uh, they're too good for that. So uh, one nothing's not bad to get going, but it's the offense will get going for the Yankees and the Rays will have to keep keep up with them. Well, that that Rays offense really came alive uh, last night, scoring four home runs and uh, getting plenty of offense for them get to uh, to even the series. So. Don't don't count them out. I think they'll be all right. Um, and then that, so we know now that there will be four games tomorrow uh, that will be uh, that are scheduled, starting at noon. Braves and Marlins, one thirty, A's and Astros, and then in the evening it'll be at five o'clock. Rays and Yankees, game three, um, in that series. Excuse me, game four in that series. Game three happening right now. And then game three between the Dodgers and the Padres, because uh, they have game two later on tonight. 
Uh, one other thing, too, just quickly want to mention, uh, cashvalleydaily.com, we have the, uh, the, the, the pairings are now set for girls' soccer. We mentioned that at the, the top of the show in the 4 o'clock hour, but uh, f- three of the top five teams in 4A are in Region 11. So Region 11 representing very well in the latest uh, rankings or the final rankings for the regular season. Now the playoffs are set. And so only one team will have a will have to play in the first round, and that's Bear River. They travel to Snow Canyon to play them on Saturday, and then everybody else plays next Wednesday. If by chance Bear River pulls off the upset, they will face Logan on Wednesday. Skyview will uh, travel to Cedar Valley on Wednesday. Green Canyon awaits the winner of Juan Diego and Uinta. Ridgeline awaits the winner of Cedar and Tooele, and then Mountain Crest will play. At Canyon View. So, uh, full uh, rankings and schedule, you can see that on CashValleyDaily.com. But best of luck to the girls' soccer teams in the area. Region 11 representing very well in the uh, final rankings of the season for girls' soccer. Yeah, you got to be so impressed with them. And we haven't really talked a lot about girls' soccer. Uh, the coverage probably could have been better on our end about girls' soccer. you got to be so impressed with them, though. What, what a great job they've done. You have uh, – how many teams did you say in the top ten, Eric? Well, in the the way that the playoffs work for girls' soccer, if you're in the top 11, you get a first-round bye. 11, bomb. right. So that okay. is six of the – or excuse me, five of the six teams in that in that top 11. Mountain Crest comes in at number 11. See that's incredible. That's that that shows you the um, the toughness of Region Eleven and girls soccer. That shows you the talent in Region Eleven and girls soccer. Uh, I honestly, I could easily see three of the four semifinalists in four A girls soccer being from Region Eleven. That's how good they are. Yeah, I, I think that um, you know Skyview is going to have a tough challenge because they'll have to face number one Ogden and number that that is a really good team. Uh, they've they've scored more goals than anybody else and they have uh, allowed fewer goals than just about anybody else. So their win differential is is off the charts. But uh, you clearly could see a lot of other opportunities for uh, regional uh, region eleven teams to make it in advance into the semifinals. Um, and so it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. We Hopefully these games do happen. Uh, we know that there could be some travel that's involved with some of these. There will, Well, there definitely will be travel from one end of the state to the other. So uh, some of these games are scheduled for 4 o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday, or excuse me, on a Wednesday afternoon. So hopefully they find a way to make it work so these games can still be played. Um, because overnight hey, Eric, travel is an uh, issue. Yeah. Hey, Eric, really quickly on a college football note, uh, the MAC has released their schedule. Um, in fact, the first three, the first weeks one, weeks two, and weeks three will be Tuesday, Wednesday night games. And then after that, they'll have three Saturday games with the MAC football championship game being on December 18th. Oh, wow. Well, the MAC likes those Tuesday night games, those Tuesday night matchups. Yeah, they love them. Yep, absolutely. They love, and I think usually because they did a Thursday night matchup. Oh no, no, they did Tuesday last year. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They did Tuesday, and uh, yeah, it, it bodes well for them. They do like that a lot. Hey, my question, really quickly. I know it's 56 here. Uh, man, we are going to start October 24th and end December 19th. Should we have waited maybe a week or two? Well, 
my the quick answer to that is probably yes, because there's no window for a, a, a makeup opportunity, and unless mm. the Mountain West uses that uh, December nineteenth for that purpose, like the Pac-12 is going to do. Uh, you, if you don't make I it see. to the, the championship game, you're still going to play, but we just don't know who you'll play. Hey, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.